You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here is your host, it's Mr. Carl Stebbings. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 46 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in my kitchen studio this week is Matt Smith. Hello. Good morning. And how's Matt this morning? He's all right, thank you. Yes, good, he's been good. suitably fed. I think, I'm, I think I've become a <laughs> diabetic after that. What is that stuff you put me on, put on my toast? Yeah, Matt, Matt uh, had uh, this morning has some uh, date uh, honey. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's lovely, but yeah, as yeah. I say, it's absolutely delicious, but uh, I think I need to go for an insulin injection now. <laughs> <laughs> an overdose of, yeah. uh, of sugar. Yeah, I yeah. dread to think what the, um, the, yeah. the Let's not worry about the calories, is. eh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so you join us then on the, oh, what's the date today? It's the it's 24th of January. 24th of January. And it's 9.30 in the morning. 9.30. It's Saturday, a nice early morning. Saturday. Yes. I um, do like an early morning podcast, it has to be know. said, yes. Sort of fresh, fresh. Yes, yes, freshly showered. I, Carlos doesn't smell, that's the advantage at this no, time. No, no, no. <laughs> He's not been up long, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've joined me this morning then for episode 46, Matt. We've got loads of news stories, haven't yes, we? Yes, yeah. Loads of stuff Bus- to talk Busy about. headlines. Busy headlines. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a busy week for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just come off the back of a late shift, so... Uh, I'm happy now that's over. Yes, yes. You do love your late shift. <laughs> I have, uh, I've got a flying lesson book for this afternoon at one o'clock. Uh-huh. And the weather's looking incredible. The weather's actually. looking really yeah. good for today, so yeah. hopefully I'll... I mean, obviously, there is still plenty of time for it to do its usual thing and rain and thunder before you go, but uh, <laughs> it's a promising start. So. No, no, it, the forecast is good for today. Is it's it? It's good, yes. yes. So I've got that at one o'clock. What have you got uh, planned for the weekend? Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot. The, this, is my, this is the highlight, I think, Worrying state of affairs, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is the highlight followed by um, followed by a couple of computer repairs oh, after good. Sarah Brown cards in Ditchingham, and, oh. then, and then I've got a laptop to Claire to mend for Claire, a friend of mine, and oh. then and then oh, tea at home, tea yes. with mother, yes, tea with mother at home. Yes, yes. I intend on lighting a fire when I get home this afternoon, right. and yes. uh, that'll be it for me. Actually, to be fair, if it stays like this, it's going to be a bit chilly this evening. Yes. Especially if it's clear, yes, clear. Yes, clear skies. So we're going to kick off then, episode 46, mm-hmm. as we always do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the UK and from the world as well. So if you're ready, Matt. You're living the dream. Right, let's go. Kicking off this week's news then on the journalism.co.uk site, London Gatwick launches a language and accessibility web app. So London Gatwick is the first airport to launch a language and accessibility app on its customer website. Gatwick Airport serves 200 destinations in 90 countries with over 38 million passengers a year. Around one in five people in the UK are disabled. London Gatwick, uh, the world's busiest single runway airport, has added Recite Me's cutting-edge accessibility and language software to its website, making it the first airport in the UK to provide this service for passengers. Around 12 million people in the UK, or one in five of the population, have a disability and would benefit from greater customization of website content, whether it's changing the font size, the colour, contrast, or having the content read out aloud. Globally, Gatwick Airport serves around 200 destinations in 90 countries with over 38 million passengers a year. 
One of the main reasons the airport has included the multi-language features, also provided by RecyteMe app, successfully running on GatwickAirport.com's site, RecyteMe's accessibility and language software allows the website's visitors uh, to access the website in the way that works best for them. The technology is cloud-based, so it works on any platform and especially well on mobile devices. Mandy Armstrong, Digital Communications Manager, said... With 38 million passengers passing through our doors each year, it's vital that we provide accurate and up-to-date information on our website. Having the Recite Me app means we can better uh, meet the communications needs of our disabled passengers, as well as those passengers whose first English uh, language is not English. Mm-hmm. More and more of our passengers are accessing our website via mobile devices and smartphones, and this app is cloud-based and works wherever our passengers need it to work for them. What do you think of this one then, Matt? Well, I mean, you've got to love anything that makes um, sort of airports uh, accessible to literally anyone. I mm. mean, it's, uh, it's a very clever, clever idea. Actually, I was I was looking up um, um, how the software where it works. It's it's um, wow, very 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 clever. I mean, brilliant. If uh, if uh, I'd recommend using it, um, and uh, because there there is a. a uh, the Recite Me app itself, actually, there is a paid version, and uh, it's it's only about sixty. I think if you're on Android, it's only about sort of sixty p. Um, but um, it is it is worth having. I mean, it, it's brilliant if you're uh, sort of wondering about. It. I, I I love it. I think I think well, it's brilliant, and and well done to Gatwick Airport for for getting it on on board. Yeah. Really, I wonder if any other airports will. Um... We'll add this to their well, size. I think if one if one's done it, they're all this bit like the energy companies, isn't it? When one drops their prices, so does everyone else. It's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's good. Yeah, I, I need to I need to look into more of it. It's an mm. exciting app. The next story, moving on. Okay, right. Oh, here we go. There we go. All oh, right, this is. Oh, I've not seen this site before. This is the Lodestar.co.uk, and they are talking uh, about uh, Doncaster Sheffield Airport sees cargo increase. Robin Hood Airport, Doncaster Sheffield, has seen a one hundred and twelve percent increase in the amount of cargo it transports. The figures, which represent the number of consignments in and out of the airport, show a second successive year of growth. The figures represent tonnage through the airport year-on-year for 2013 and 2014. Doncaster Sheffield Airport, through operator Anglo World Cargo, managed a series of of aid flights in November and December to to Sierra Leone as part of the government's programme to help those affected by Ebola. The flights, operated by Air Cargo Global for the Department for International Development, included equipment such as beds, mattresses and medical supplies for five uh, field hospitals in Sierra Leone. Dale Hoxwell, cargo manager at Doncaster Sheffield Airport, said, We were delighted to be part of the UK's efforts to help Sierra Leone defeat Ebola and we will continue to help in any way possible. The growth in our cargo activities is excellent and continued evidence that the airport's cargo terminal is enhancing its reputation around the world. The amount of uh, freight being transported has increased significantly and this can only be positive news for the airport and the regional economy. Between October and December, the airport saw saw seven... B seven four seven four hundreds operate from the cargo terminal. Doncaster Sheffield's airport cargo terminal has the ability to handle all aspects of air freight, from the smallest parcel to bespoke charters out of large cargo aircraft, such as the Antonov two two five. That's the big one. Is That's it? the big That's Russian the one. Yeah. Right. 
Some interesting facts then on uh, on this airport, the mm. Robin Hood Airport then. A mm. uh, couple of uh, interesting facts I've just found out. The airport um, was used during the Cold War right. and uh, it was used by the Vulcan bomber, nuclear-armed ah, yeah. Vulcan bombers. Um, they used to do training uh, missions from there. And also the airport's first commercial flight uh, flew to Palma de Mallorca in Mallorca <laughs> on the 28th of April 2005 right. was their first commercial flight from the airport. And the airport had its first long-haul flight to North America and they began in 2007. So it's kind right. of a sort of a, a, a fresh, newish kind of um, airport yeah, as such. I, I, for... mean, I mean, the only thing that, that bothers me slightly with this story, I mean, saying it's a 112% increase in the amount of cargo it transports, but I don't, I don't know if you can... I mean, I suppose you 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 can because I suppose air cargo is air cargo, but it seems very uh, doesn't seem right almost, including the figures of sending out support on behalf of the government to to mm. Sierra alone. I mean, I mean, I guess cargo is cargo, but and I presume they were paid for their services, which is why they can include it. But um, but any I mean, use not of on the an airport aid mission, good. surely. I mean, yes, yes, mm. yeah. I just, to I, keep the air. I'm just querying um, whether all of that all of that should be included in the percentage figures. I suppose. So the passenger numbers there have fallen slightly in the last mm. few years yeah. for the airport. The actual passenger movements have gone so, down so slightly. What, what kind of numbers are we talking? Um, we're talking over the course of a year. Like it uh, in two thousand ten um, or two thousand seven. Sorry, they they handled uh, just over a million passengers. Yeah. Um, in two thousand thirteen, which is the last uh, statistic I can see in front of me here, yeah. it's dropped down to six hundred ninety thousand. Right, so I mean, uh, it's still yeah. over half a million, isn't it? So I mean, it's it's still moving significant numbers of passengers. But uh, cargo is very important. What what about um what destinations do they fly to? Does it cover? Um, they've got uh, des- uh, uh, there's a few airlines run from there. Yeah. A few of the well known airlines that operate from there: Flybe, yeah, um, Thomas Cook, oh, right. Thompson, and Wiz. Oh yes, um, they cover most a lot of the um, the Mediterranean destinations: right. yeah. uh, Dalaman, Larnaca, Mallorca, Gran Canaria, Malaga, oh, cool. Paphos, Sharm el Sheikh, Tenerife. Oh right. Um, these are all seasonal destinations, yeah. so uh, yeah. they operate at certain times during the yeah. year. So a lot of traffic, sort of, sort of summertime, but maybe and not so much. Flyby as well. They they, they do the Jersey run. Ah, uh, yes, to, yes, to Jersey. They do one from Norwich as well, don't they? Yes, oh, yeah, to Jersey. yes, yes. Lovely place. Love to go there. Yes, it is. So next story, moving on, yes. is on the Manchester Evening News site. And uh, Dreamliner Jet, the headline here, mm. with nearly 300 people on board, diverts to Manchester so a broken toilet can be fixed. Right. <laughs> okay. So passengers uh, wait for two, two hours on the runway while an engineer mends a broken loo. The Dreamliner jet, with nearly 300 people on board, had to divert to Manchester so a toilet could be fixed. Passengers waited on board for two hours while an engineer mended the loo. The Barbados-bound Boeing 787 had taken off for one uh, taken off one hour late from Gatwick at around 12.40pm last Sunday. But once in the air, a technical fault in the toilet meant the crew had to divert to Manchester. The jet uh, had uh, 283 passengers on board and took off again at 4.30 later on that day to continue its flight to Bridgetown. A Thompson spokesman confirmed the delay was due to a problem with a toilet. Two flights, meanwhile, were prevented from landing at Manchester Airport due to the fog on Sunday. Uh, an Aer Lingus flight from Dublin had to land at Birmingham, while the Saudi uh, flight from Jeddah landed at Heathrow. 
Um, so a bit disruption, but not due to that, but due to weather there. But uh, no, a, a toilet. This is not the first I, time either. You see, that I don't Thompson know where, have had I, this with their toilets. I don't know where to start with this story, <laughs> frankly. Um, <laughs> now there's what two hundred and something, or so, just shy of three hundred people on board of this airplane. Presumably, this isn't the only toilet. No, no, it's right. not. Okay, so what is so special about that toilet? That they can't, because I mean, I've been on a flight where what a toilet has got blocked or something like that, or something's gone wrong with it, and what they do is they shut it, and then you use the other toilets. So what 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 are we missing? What detail are we missing from this story that means that because of a broken toilet, they have to land an hour after they've taken off? Well, I'm just uh, what, while you while we're while we're on the subject, I'm just looking to see uh, yes. to see what how many. I mean, I think the toilets because they normally have six on board. Right. Um, okay. These are the seven depending on configuration, depending on configuration. But I'm just checking out Thompson's. Um, yeah, it's six. So they've got six. Right. They've got one at the front, okay, and uh, one just before the the sort of center section. That's so two, two in the center, and yeah. then one in the back. But even even if it is say the toilet at the front, and so the pilot, you know, perhaps needs a comfort break, as they say. Uh, that's what we say in our trade. We call it a comfort stop. Um, if he needs a comfort break, um, even if the toilet at the front is not working, surely um, he could be trusted <laughs> to go to the back of the uh, aircraft to use another. Perhaps, what, why? perhaps <laughs> it was a, I don't know. Perhaps it was a, a, a thing that, that affected all the loos. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, maybe the the, the 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 lack of detail is 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 the reason why the story doesn't make sense. Then maybe. But, yeah, uh, just I've just checked. I'm just checking again on yeah. um, one of the, one of the class configurations for the Thompson jet. Yeah, what uh, one, two, yeah. three, four. They're the five five loos. Right. There okay. is five loos. Two at the rear. Two in the centre okay. and one at the front on the seven eight seven right uh, eight hundred series that Thompson have yeah because um, no, they have a premium cabin in uh, Thompson oh yes um, but yeah it's uh, <laughs> is that where it has fragrance soap instead of, instead <laughs> yeah. of the usual anti bag <laughs> perhaps perhaps it was emitting a smell and that's why they had right two of them. okay you know it, but it, like I said it's yes, not the f- surely issuing six bags six bags would be a lot cheaper Oof. than actually <laughs> but would you want to go all the way to Jamaica with a with a with a with a I'm going to Jamaica I really won't care no I suppose. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, on to the next story. This is with the Evening Express, and the headline is Aberdeen Airport announces new Roy. Try that again. Aberdeen announces uh, a, a new route to visit Santa in Lapland. Oh, this is a bit late, isn't it? I know. Well, I think they're getting ready for, <laughs> ready for next year yeah. already. So, a tour operator today announced it will be flying a special day trip from Aberdeen to Lapland so families can visit Santa Claus. Departing from Aberdeen early in the morning, families will be able to mush their own team of husky dogs when they land. They will also have the chance to ride snowmobiles and take sleigh rides with reindeer before meeting Santa. A flight will then return to Aberdeen later that evening. The day trip, run by Transun, is set to take place on December the 6th and tickets will cost around £489 for adults and £469 for children. Carol Benzi, Managing Director of Aberdeen International Airport, said, We are delighted with the announcement of such a unique experience and will have no doubt the day trip to Lapland will prove to be popular with our leisure passengers. Oh, that's a very sweet story, isn't it? I know. Would, would you Would you like to go? 
Well, I would, and I'm I'm just a big kid, so yeah, I'd love no, to go. I, no, I quite like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd enjoy the husky bit and things like that more, more you know, and reindeer sleds and all that kind of thing, much much more uh, my sort of thing, really. And uh, I'm probably a little big now to sit on Santa's knee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he may object slightly. <laughs> so the, these, these tickets then, like you said, are 489 yeah. Yeah. pounds for adults mm. and 406 there's not a lot of price difference there between the adult and the and the uh, child yeah, price it's mainly aimed at children anyway isn't it so mm. you know they're cashing in on they can't blame them for that and if let's be honest if you can afford if you can afford to take your child on an experience like that then why shouldn't you frankly mm. I, I can't think of anything nicer well i would well, flying there that's the best thing oh, about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to close this story now. I know. Enough now. Move on. <laughs> I'd be so, oh, I'd love to fly. I'd love to fly into somewhere wintry like that. That must be really, really? good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. The idea of the ice and the ice and things scares me. That's the thing. Most terrifying thing about terrifying thing about watching them de-ice an airplane at Loon mm. Airport. You're just thinking, Ooh, is this thing going to get off the ground? Ooh. Have you ever watched the episodes of Ice Pilots? No. The no, uh, the must. Ice Pilots. No. No. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's a brilliant series on uh, on on. I forget which channel it's on. Bravo. One of the channels anyway. Yeah. And it's based it's, it's based around a company in who who operate at Buffalo. Right. Um, and they have these old Dakota. The I presume you mean aircraft, aircraft, aircraft rather aircraft. than actual buffalo. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, that's a whole different program. And it, it's yeah. awesome watching those guys flying yeah. over icy runways and stuff. Really good series. Sounds terrifying, frankly. Mm. But <laughs> Mail online. Yes, next one. And uh, this one is uh, this is something I found out early this week, and mm. I could not believe this. Really? I watched a video on YouTube, and I was I was horrified because really? this is our airline. Yeah. Um, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> so, oh, as in British Airways? Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, your airline's Emirates, surely. I mean, come well, on. Uh, yeah, I know it would be yeah. Air Malta. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Yes. So uh, uh, the uh, story goes: uh, fifth class. Um, horrified TV news presenter films disgusting, grimy conditions on board uh, first class in British Airways flight to St Lucia. Uh, it's hardly what you expect when splashing out uh, up to £9,000 on first class flights to the Caribbean. <laughs> but after treating himself uh, to the trip of a lifetime, TV news presenter Owen Thomas was horrified to find dirt and grime caked around his first-class seat. Videoing the evidence, the former BBC anchorman posted the evidence on Twitter, dubbing the service Filth Class. Oh, very clever. And uh, narrating the short 30-second video, the presenter explains, um, so this is BA's first class, and it's absolutely filthy. You see the marks on here? Most of these you can actually scrape off. Oh, yummy. You see the stains down here? It's when you open your seat and the real horror begins. This is first class. This is British Airways first class. It's disgusting, he said. The former BBC anchorman and reporter flew off to St Lucia with a companion on Saturday in first class seats that retail on BA's website for nearly £9,000 each in peak season January. Uh, BA were told today advertising seats for this month at um, or BA, BA were, were today advertising seats for this month at eight thousand seven hundred ninety eight pounds, but he was so disgusted that he posted on Twitter, "Be shocked! This is what at British Airways first class is really like," as we experienced yesterday. <coughs> Unbelievable. On YouTube, the video was posted under the headline "British Airways First Class Filth Class." He wrote. 
This is what uh, the first class is really like. And uh, London to St. Lucia, oh, this, he flew this on the 17th of January, uh, which mm. was only a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, the TV presenter told uh, Mail Online that he and his business executive partner flew out of Gatwick on Saturday morning for a luxury 10-day break. And they, they were taking the break uh, after a stressful couple of years, and uh, they were appalled that BA could treat uh, anyone with such contempt. There's nothing short of corporate greed. They took the money, lots of it, and clearly couldn't give a damn about customers, whether they're in first or economy. After being contacted by the Mail Online, BA apologised for the poor state of the First Class Bay and admitted that they had fallen short of their usual <laughs> high standards. Just slightly. Hinting that part of the fare was paid for in air mile points, Mr Thomas said of his travelling companion, after two years apart, we had points and deserved this as a mega treat, but never again. Oh, so, um, these, I mean, honestly. Just showing, Matt can see the pictures in front of you here. Yeah. Um I'll tell you. Well, Carl will put Carl will put this on the on the Facebook feed uh, if you want to have a look at yeah. it. Because honestly, I've never seen anything like it. The video is worth a watch, actually, as well. I mean, the, the, he he uh, he really isn't impressed, and I don't blame him. Not for that kind of money, frankly. I God, mean, I mean, that is really dirty. It is like, beyond really dirty. Isn't dirty. It? I mean, yeah. I mean, we all joke. Well, I mean, we all joke about Ryanair, don't we? But I mean, I mean, Ryanair would never have their economy class in this condition, <laughs> let alone anything else. It, it, it is truly well. It's bang out of order, and something's obviously gone horribly wrong there. Um, I, I, I can't believe it. It's such a shame. He was sitting in seat two A, right? So uh, yeah, right in the uh, first sort of row, of first class. I mean, I've done. I, I've flown business class once. I treated myself um, when I was uh, I was actually uh, coming back from New Zealand, and because uh, I'm not a, the, the biggest flyer in the world, I do sort of struggle to get comfortable and things like that and uh, I'd uh, been lucky enough that I'd got a, a sort of you know I was able to afford it at that time and I thought oh, you know stuff it let, let, let's treat ourselves to because uh, it's a long old if anybody's flown from New Zealand to, to London it is uh, mm. it's a it's a challenge shall we say it's a 20 well my my, my flight coming home was 26 hours in total cool. so it's Blame. a long old flight and uh, or unfortunately they didn't have room on the they didn't have room to go all the way so I could only go from um, New Zealand to Kuala Lumpur, which is where we did our stop. But um, oh dear, it was uh, and it was and it was the, the single most glorious experience I've ever had in my life. It was <laughs> nothing short of wonderful. But uh, I, 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 if I'd if I'd have met these conditions, I, well, I'd have been demanding my money back, and I hope he's done the same. Frankly, just reading on the story, it does say Matt mm. that BA said that flights to St. Lucia in first class actually does they start from two thousand seven hundred pounds, right? Um, and they have said that the £8,798 price is currently, which is currently quoting on the site, is mm. for last minute um, bookings. So if you book last minute, the price jumps to £8,700. But, um, even, but even, even, even so, if, yeah. when you're paying £2,700... Yeah, absolutely. You, the least you can expect is a clean blooming seat. Yes. I mean, honestly. But we'll, uh, British we'll... Airways, you need to sort it out. Oh, I, think. I know. Uh, well, I, I mean, actually, all, all jokes aside, I mean, how, well, I say unlucky, but I mean, it kind of serves him right that it was a BBC reporter that found it because he, <laughs> he has his ways of getting things out into the media, doesn't he? <laughs> Let's be honest. But, but, but um, and that, that class this is me and you now, Mr. Smith. You know, we, if um, if you ever find anything you don't like, I mean, we yes. we, we have an audience yes. here. It's who, a who... Ryanair watch out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 
So moving on to our next story. Yes, okay. This is with the um, B Daily. What's that? Where are you finding these random I know. Stories? I'm so good. <laughs> you are. Yes. The Leeds uh, Bradford Airport confirms nine new destinations with seven major airlines. Leeds Bradford Airport has confirmed the introduction of nine new holiday destinations for summer 2015 with seven major leisure oper- uh, airlines and tour operators. Jet2.com and Jet2 Holidays are offering four new routes from four new routes, sorry, from LBA to Malta, Tunisia, Greece, uh, and Turkey, uh, providing a total of 42 destinations this summer. For those travellers who have uh, a property overseas, the new flights will provide more flight choice and frequency to Greece, Turkey, Malta, Italy, and Spain. Yay! <laughs> Monarch and Cos- Cosmos he- uh, holidays have introduced uh, Naples in Italy, obviously, uh, offering a direct flight to gain easy access to Sorrento, Capri, and the Alf- the Alma- Al- the Almafi coast. Meanwhile, the addition of Alicante in Spain uh, widens their choice of summer flight only and holiday routes to 10 from Leeds Bradford. The UK's largest tour operator, Thompson and First Choice, have introduced all inclusive holidays and packages to Crete, Omega. Uh, so to create Omega Holidays have in, commenced a lakes and mountains program flying to a place I cannot uh, um, re- um, pronounce. Freed, I want to say fried chicken, but that isn't right, is it? <laughs> Freed, Friedrich, Friedrich, Friedrichshafen. Whilst yes. good old Ryanair have reintroduced services to Rika, uh, the capital of Latvia, offering... Uh, a new sorry, I, I'm being distracted because Carl is taking a photograph. I'm so sorry, <laughs> sorry, about that. sorry. Offering a new city break option for this summer. Tony Hallwood, Leeds Bradford Airport's aviation development director, said January is uh, the peak time for holidaymakers to start choosing and booking their summer holiday. And with new exciting destinations on offer, there has never been a better time to choose Leeds Bradford flying locally from Yorkshire. Well, there we are. So come on then. Mr. Stats boy, I want some numbers. Some numbers on Le- Leeds, Bradford. Leeds Bradford. What kind of uh, what kind of uh, turnaround are we look- looking at here? How many did they fly out? Well, for one, I haven't actually flown from there myself. No, no, um, no. I have been to Leeds um, and Bradford, you? but uh, I've been to Leeds, but I've never been to yeah. Leeds Bradford Airport. No. So the airport is owned by Bridgepoint Capital, right? And uh, it. Uh, Currently has for statistics. This is for 2013. Mm. I haven't posted last year's yet. Yeah, um, just over three million passengers. Wow, over 2013. Gosh, lot, yeah. um, passenger num- numbers have gone up mm. um, over the 2012-2013, which is also good. Yeah, uh, up 2.8 percent. Well, and with with big carriers like that, I mean, they're presumably offering them at what I call sensible prices, aren't they? I mean, that's uh... Uh, Monarch made Leeds Bradford a operational base for the for the, for the airline wow. Monarch yeah, uh, in two thousand thirteen, yeah, which is good. Mm. Um, I'm just looking as well, just another. Well, let's have it. It is used during the wartime as well, right? Um, Avro built a new shadow factory to produce military aircraft. Avro, obviously, making the um, the Avro Vulcan. You know, right. The Avro. Yeah. Um, the Bristol Blenheim mm-hmm. as well uh, was produced there. The Lancaster Bomber. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's steeped in history then. Yeah, plenty of history there. Yeah. Definitely plenty of history there. Oh, well, and, well, done, well done to them. Yeah. Well, those are those are impressive numbers actually. 
for that airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, is it going to be not long before they call it London Leeds Bradford? Then, if if it continues <laughs> with numbers like that, actually, it doesn't say here what what they what uh, where they class them on the uh, sort of top yeah. uh, top list of airports Regional through the airports, uh, yeah. through the UK, but. Yeah. Uh, no, it looks like a lovely airport. Does it? Yes, we'll yes. have to fly from there. Oh right, okay. Yeah, it's, it's the getting there that's the that's the problem for you for you really. Yes. To be honest, it's a very long way from sleepy East Anglia. It certainly is. <laughs> and anything that involves the M6, in my experience, is, is a place that well, you know, you drive greatly. Yes, you, you drive your coach there. You you know better <laughs> yeah. than anyone. Yeah. So next piece of news. Yep. And it's a favourite of ours. Yes. Yes, it's Ryanair News. Yeah, no, it's good news, actually. It's good, yeah. Mm. It's Herald Scotland site, this one, the Herald. Uh, Ryanair boss vows to pass falling oil prices on to passengers. Good man. Ryanair boss Michael O'Leary has vowed to pass tumbling oil prices on to passengers with cheaper fares from the beginning of next year. The head of the No Frills Irish Carrier, which is already uh, which already boasts the cheapest fares in Europe on average, said that they tend to bulk buy oil six to twelve months in advance mm. and had hedged their existing supply at ninety three dollars a barrel. Mm-hmm. However, Michael O'Leary said that they expect to see the current low prices filter um, through to their bottom line by the end of this year, and promised to cut the cost of tickets as a result. He said, "We have." Uh, we have even lower fares going into next year. Our oil prices have fallen quite dramatically to less than $50 a barrel. Mm. We hedged at $93, but as we get to the end of this year, um, we'll start to see the fall in oil prices coming through. Uh, we intend to pass on that to passengers in the form of lower airfares. So by early 2016, we will have even lower fares. Fantastic. Lower oil prices will have... Uh, a tremendous effect on the airline industry and it will have uh, never been cheaper to fly from your local airport. The average single fare across Ryanair's network currently comes in at around 46 euros. Uh, Airline association IATA has predicted that over the course of 2015, customers or consumers can expect to see worldwide airfares decrease by an average of 5%. Good news. That's good very news. good news. I was, I was, I was actually going to ask, why aren't they passing on the, on the, the um, at the moment now? At the moment, of course, yeah. he's actually. To be fair, he's been incredibly honest. Um, Michael O'Leary's been incredibly honest, and that, that kind of makes sense. You think, yeah, a big operator like that, where you know that you're going to be operating a certain amount of of routes, you know what you know what your commitments are going to be. So you think, right? So we'll bulk buy. Because I mean, I know from 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 our industry that uh, there are very few coach operators who don't have their own diesel supply um, for that very same reason. So you bulk buy, you get a discount, and you know you can sort of minimise price of a barrel of oil at the moment. Yeah, just on. looking on, it's forty five dollars. Right, gosh, yeah. so it's gone down even since gone down. Yeah, uh, yeah. forty five dollars. What's that equate to? Uh, Come on, out with your converter. Oh, converter, $45. Because we're talking 46 euros at the moment. Oh, you got me. No, 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 I'm lying. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, so it's $45. Let's have a look here. $45 is... euros to be all trendy. Well, $45 is 30 30 pounds. 30 English pounds, yeah. 30 pounds sterling. 30 pounds sterling, yes. For a barrel of oil. For a barrel of oil. Uh, In euros, that works out to $45 in euros is 40 euros. Wow. Wow, yeah, so it's 40 so, euros a, a yeah. barrel. Oh, well, well, it's just, I'm, I'm 
presumably, again, we'll, we'll see a similar trend across other airlines. Um, I, I presume most operators do a similar sort of thing where they're bulk mm. buying oil. And well, I, I, th- I would have thought so, yeah. The airlines yeah. would have some sort of... But but uh, Mr. O'Leary is quite... Uh, astute. Astute I, chap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, cool. no, he was. I say, good man. Uh, anyway, sticking with Ryanair... Another news story Another, another news story for Ryanair. This is from The Telegraph. And this is uh, in their travel section on their online website. And it's Ryanair offers six new routes from good old Stansted. The new destinations are Claremont, Cologne, uh, Deville, Edinburgh, Glasgow International and Ponta Delega in the Azores. Um, these new services will take place. Uh, will take the number of routes Ryanair offers up to 130 in total, which is more than British Airways offers from Heathrow. The airline is also increasing its services to Edinburgh and Glasgow uh, from three to four times a day, but this will not happen until the winter season this year. Ryanair is pleased to launch six new London Stansted routes to, to uh, the destinations I mentioned earlier, as well as increased frequencies on 40 other routes, said Chief Executive Michael O'Leary. This year is the budget airline's 30th birthday. God, really? Have they been going 30 mm, years? Yeah. The airline's new touch, touchy-feely approach to customer service appears to have worked in that passenger numbers increased in the majority of months in 2014 compared to the year before. The airline also launched its new business tickets recently in another attempt to move away from its no-frills image. Rather than, be, rather than free wine, however, the business plus... Tickets include priority boarding, a hold baggage allowance of one bag weighing up to 20 kilograms, which can cost up to £75 on top of a standard ticket in high season on busy routes. It also gives access to the so-called premium seats on the flight, which are either at the front uh, of the plane, uh, granting uh, a quick exit or entrance uh, in rows offering more legroom. The airline normally charges £15 on top of a standard ticket to reserve one. Yes, it does. <laughs> Business flyers have all, also have the ability to change to another flight on the same day or to any other airport in the same destination country up to 40 minutes before departure for no extra fee. The airline normally charges as much as £90 to make a change, basically more than the actual ticket was worth then to change. So it's... Uh, yeah, well, well done, Ryanair. Really, as I say, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mock them really, and I shouldn't. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, I almost always fly with Ryanair wherever it is. I know, I'm, well, I'm the same. With, I, I'm I must same. just say, actually, because obviously I came back Sunday, just gone. Yes, um, you did for, with Ryanair. With from, Ryanair from Lanzarote, and I must, and I wish I got the guy's surname because he deserves a special mention. Um, but our flight, our, our head flight attendant, if that is the correct term, was a chap by the name of Ben, and without doubt, he is one of the funniest people that I've ever give uh, I've ever heard give a safety announcement it is um, it, anybody who's perhaps sort of experienced him who's listening to, to this will immediately know what I'm on about he was he was absolutely brilliant so if you if you, in the unlikely event you are listening Ben uh, good morning and thank you for a fun flight <laughs> it was uh, it was hilarious that's really, good that's yeah. good it, it's it, all the times I've flown in Ryanair which is quite a few times mm. now you kind of you either get a good crew yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, get a good cabin crew or you get sort of um, the ones that just, They're a bit, just seem a bit He says tired. choosing his words carefully, they can be a bit short, I yes. think. Uh, uh, yeah. Another word is rude, but uh, I'm, I'm sort of moving away. But far from it with this particular crew <laughs> that were bringing us back from Lanzarote. They were an absolute hoot, all of them. They were mm. they were all in good spirits. It, it was, as I say, honestly, it was one of the nicest flights I've had. Um, and uh, They were founded in 1995. Gosh. 
uh, Ryanair. Yeah, so 30 yeah. years, yeah. 30 years, yeah. Many. Yeah. Where, go on then, see if you've got some stats up there. So where, where was their first... Where, presumably they flew out of Ireland initially, did they? He's, he's given me such a look there. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving Matt death stares, though. Um, it, Come uh, on, you're the stats, man. Well, they've got 302 aircraft on their That's fleet. That's not why I asked. Come moment. on, focus. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Horrible, horrible man. I, I don't like you. No, I know. Um, <laughs> the, the company was founded by an Irish businessman called Tony Ryan. Oh, so not um, Mr. O'Leary then. No, it was founded by the guy called Tony Ryan. Um, the airline began with a 15-seat Embraer Bandarante right. turboprop aircraft okay. flying between Waterford and Gatwick Airport. There you are. So you did know the answer, didn't there you? you? So Waterford, I presume that's in Southern Ireland, is it? Yeah, I presume so. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Maiden would know that one. <laughs> right. He'd know, okay. that. He'd know yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, but they also, in their time, have operated um, BAC 111s, mm-hmm. an aircraft I've flown on, right. really old aircraft. Um, they flew them between 88 and 93. Yeah. Um, kind of strange seeing their... The, um, uh, the Ryanair, Ryanair logo, logo on a BAC 111. Yeah. Um, but they also, obviously, they fly the, fly the Boeing aircraft at the moment, the 800 series, but mm. they also used to have the 200 series, which is the old school steam gauge, as we were saying. Before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, 7.3, very popular, though. Yeah. Still uh, being used by many airlines through the world. But wow. um, So, yeah, so it's a bit, a bit of uh, Ryanair history there for mm. you. And sticking with Ryanair. And sticking me. with Ryanair. <laughs> to, 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 uh, do we get free flights? I know, this? <laughs> we should do. If you're listening, Mr. O'Leary, me and yeah. Matt would yeah. love a free flight. Yeah, yeah, island routes would be handy for yeah, me. Yeah, we'll go to Ireland. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go to Ireland. We'll yeah. go to Ireland Island, Auntie's got, got a lovely mm. guest house. She'll have okay. to stay. Yeah. Right, done. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish Times, this one. And Ryanair agreed to pay Boeing a premium for next generation aircraft. Ooh. Uh, this is something we've covered on previous shows before about Ryanair purchasing uh, or being the launch customer for the 737 MAX. Um, that pl- uh, Boeing plans to begin production towards the end of the decade when it, uh, Ryanair ordered up to 200 of the aircraft. According to its chief executive, Michael O'Leary, uh, Ryanair paid a premium what it believes will be a game-changing aircraft as it will cut fuel bills by 20% and carry 197 passengers compared to the 189 uh, that the current 737-800 series uh, holds. Mr O'Leary pointed out that fuel accounts for, for, uh, fuel accounts for 42% of the airline's costs, so saving 20% on that will deliver mm. huge competitive advantages. Yes. Once the last of the 200 uh, aircraft are delivered in 2024, Ryanair will have a fleet of 520 aircraft. At that point, it plans to carry 160 million passengers a year, 56% more than in the, ni- the more than the 90 million uh, people it will have flown over the 12 months ended March 31st. The order itself is worth 17 billion dollars at list prices. Um, however, Miss uh, Booth, Mr. O'Leary, and Boeing's senior vice president for global sales and marketing, John C. Wojcik, Wojcik, indicated that commercial airlines such as Ryanair always pay a discount to such prices for their aircraft. Something I know they do; they mm. they never pay the list price. No. Uh, owning and buying planes accounts for around fifteen percent of an airline's costs. Fuel and labour take up forty percent each, and we are the lowest part of that equation, Mr. Wojcik said adding that the commercial carriers wanted craft that allowed them to cut their running costs. 
Along with Ryanair, Irish aircraft leasing specialist SMBC, Aviation Capital and Avolon, have both placed a substantial order for the Boeing 737 MAX. Mm. So there we go. There's going to be a huge fleet of aircraft. But as we've talked about before, Matt, he's got his head screwed on because Mm. um, having a fleet of aircraft all the same... Yeah, obviously makes things a lot easier when I mean, um, you're carrying the same bits, aren't you? I mean, yeah. you know whether it, whether it be from broken toilets to <laughs> to uh, to knackered seatbelts. I mean, it, the, the the long and the short of it is, it's just a big warehouse full of all the bits that you could possibly. I mean, your buying power for for spare parts is is massive, isn't it? I mean, mm. a very very good idea. Uh, well, and, and virtually all of them are the seven three seven eight hundreds. Yes, they all are. Yeah, you know, obviously are. These yeah. will be the the max, so they'll be they'll be different, slightly different engines. Yeah, um, newer engines, mm. and they'll be slightly longer. Obviously, holding uh, slightly more. One hundred ninety-seven. Another, another couple of rows, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's good. Well, I, I I don't blame him. As I say, I mean, it's, however you look at the numbers, you don't have to be good at maths to know that saving twenty percent on your fuel bill when it's when it's uh, you know the the largest section of your your business model. I mean, that's that's not. Uh, that's a massive saving, isn't it? I mean, and and to be fair to him, he will more than likely pass that on to the customers. And not, and not to remember that he'll, he'll need pilots to um, fly those aircraft mm-hmm. and cabin crew to crew right. them. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's good jobs yeah. all around. Well, for for next time, maybe not for this time, but to have a look and see what his um his employment sort of structure is. Mm. I mean, that must be. I mean, you must be quite a big employer now. I, I I think I, I heard I think it was a documentary series on telly yeah. that um, I think he gets a lot of his staff through a, a kind of, a, sort of an agency, agency sort yeah. of thing yeah. yeah and what I didn't realise as well is uh, at uh, uh, at Luton for example it was predominantly uh, Swiss port um, that were operating um, the the ground crew side of things at Luton Airport but actually at Lanzarote uh, they had their own Ryanair crew. At the other end, that, uh, it seemed a bit strange seeing all the fuel tankers and all the all the um, not so much the steps, obviously, because that's a lot more commonplace. But to see the little um, the com- the compress, you know, w- w- you'll know the answer. To this the machine that they plug into the plane when it lands mm. first time, presumably for power and, yes, and things APUs, like that. Yes, APUs. Yeah, the APUs. And uh, but yeah. they were all they were all Ryanair branded, all Ryanair yeah. owned. Yeah. Advertising. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. pointless if we've already flown by Ryanair because you're only going to see one if you've come by Ryanair. But uh, yeah, they're um, they're recruit. They Ryanair have two recruiting agencies right. who recruit their staff. Yeah, uh, one is called Crewlink. Yeah. And the other one is called Dalmac, right? And they're the two companies that um, that to recruit um, mm. staff for um, for uh, Ryanair. Wow! Well, there we are. Um, if you go on to Ryanair's um, corporate Ryanair dot com, yeah. there's uh, a, a page on there um, telling you how to apply for jobs, right? Um, for you know to work for Ryanair through these through these recruiting companies. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, there we are. On to the next story then. And is goes it? I'm, I'm confused. Is that who, me? Who went last? <laughs> it's your one. Is, is your it one? my one? Is it? Yes. Okay, right. Thanks for that. Uh, so this is from incentivetravel.co.uk, and this is another uh, Carlos' favourite airline. This is Qatar Airways, yes. uh, voted Business Airline of the Year for the second year in a row. 
Qatar Airways has, was awarded Business Airline of the Year for the second consecutive year at the prestigious B, uh, UK Business Travel Awards 2015, held in London at the Grosvenor House Hotel. Uh, the 20th Annual Business Travel Awards, hosted by Buying Business Travel, celebrated the achievements of travel industry leaders. Over 70 companies, teams and individuals were shortlisted across 21 categories. Richard Oliver, County uh, Country Manager, UK and Ireland, said uh, it's been an incredible year for Qatar Airways, uh, not only with a number of new routes, but the expansion of our fleet to include the A350 and the A380, both of which represent the latest in aviation engineering and technology. Mm -hmm. This award uh, reiterates the quality of our renowned five-star service and it is an honour to have been recognised in this category again. Shortlisted for Business Airline of the Year alongside Qatar Airways were Air France, KLM, uh, ANA, uh, Delta Airlines, uh, Etihad Airways, and Luf, 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 what's, what's, what's that word? Lufthansa? Is Lufthansa. It? Lufthansa German Airways. You can see that I don't know anywhere near as much about this as Carl does. <laughs> <laughs> With a modern fleet of 146 aircraft, Qatar Airways connects businesses and travellers to more than 145 destinations across Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia Pacific, and the Americas. In the past 12 months, Qatar Airways has welcomed its first A380 to its fleet, followed by its first A350 as the global launch customer and begun services between Heathrow and Doha on all business class A319 aircrafts. Airbus. Oh, it's the Airbus. The Airbus 319. Ah, I see. Uh, In May 2014, Qatar Airways became the first carrier to fly an all business class service from London Heathrow. Oh, right. So literally one plane is just all business class. They're wow. also the launch Qatar are also the launch customer for the A three twenty Neo. Really? Mm. Wow. So they've got quite a got quite a relation quite a good relationship there. Launch customer for the Airbus three twenty Neo and launch customer for the three fifty. Wow. Anyway, the mm. daily Airbus A three one nine service from Doha uh, is configured with a single aisle uh, two by two seating configuration offering 40 seats the service departs from terminal four at uh, five to ten arriving in Doha at 6 40 in the morning the following morning uh, the a319 business class seat uh, has one of the highest specifications for business class travel of any airline with wide seats that recline to fully flat beds in 2014 Qatar Airways also launched services to Shiraz uh, Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one struggling with that. Uh, Anyway, some foreign airport uh, in the United Arab Emirates, if that narrows it down for you. uh, Al-Maktoum International Airport, Dubai World Central, Philadelphia, USA, uh, Larnaca, Cyprus, uh, Sabia, Istanbul, Edinburgh, Miami International Airport and Dallas-Fort Worth in the USA. From May 2015, Qatar Airways will operate 63 direct services a week from the UK to Doha with 42 from Heathrow, 7 from Edinburgh and a further 14 departing from Manchester. Wow. that was Thanks for that story. That's Carlos. okay. I'm glad you enjoyed that one. So... Uh, they have like so they have a destination, uh, 146 destinations they mm. serve. Their company slogan is "World's Five Star Airline." Right, is their company slogan? Are they the first to do a sort of business, an all business class? No, no, flight? it's been it's been it's been done oh, yeah. before. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. 
Um, they're a relatively new airline, and they were founded in 1993, and they commenced operations in 1994. Right. So a relatively new airline, right. but still um, their level of service, along yeah. with all the, all so the other... What, 20, um, 21 years old, yeah, so they haven't been but, going long, yeah. But, you know, put them alongside Emirates and, mm. and, and, and you know... Um, quality that good, Quality yeah. of service and stuff is uh, fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, Oh, the last the story. last story, oh, and I'm, it is. I'm clapping quietly to a myself. Top ten, hey, <laughs> top ten. Yeah, we should get a jingle hang, made. For hang top on, yes, leave it. I, I, we'll do that after this, shall we? Because we we have we have several podcasts. We'll, we will make a, a, a top pro- ten for, jingle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I just need to clear my throat, ready for what I'm here to do. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is on the express site, and uh, yeah, it's the top ten facts about. The Queen of the Skies, uh, those of you who know uh, what I mean by that, the Boeing 747, (laughs) the jumbo jet. And uh, the first Boeing 747 jumbo jet made its inaugural flight from Dills Airport uh, in Washington to London Heathrow on January the 22nd, 1970. And we've got 10 interesting facts about the jumbo. So we're going to start at number 10. So at number 10... Over 1,500 jumbo jets have now been made by Boeing. Wow. wow. That is a That's a big lot. number, isn't it? Yeah. Considering how big they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> number nine. At number nine, last year, a retired Boeing jumbo jet was turned into a 33-room jumbo stay hotel in Stockholm, Sweden. Really? Now, if you've, if you've seen, this is awesome, Matt. I wow. have to say. I saw this. I followed this one online, and yeah. this is if you're if you love aircraft, yeah. which I'm uh, guessing you do, and you're traveling yeah. to Stockholm, <laughs> you you just need to stay in this hotel right. because okay. it is awesome. It is like nothing you've ever seen. I know. Yeah. Anyway, number eight. Number eight. Then a Boeing seven four seven jumbo jet weighs as much as sixty seven average American, uh, sorry, African elephants. Ooh. Right. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I suppose they've got to make the link between jumbos and elephants at some yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> Very so, good. Uh, number seven. Number seven, then, ju- uh, Jumbo was killed in 1885 in a railway accident in Ontario, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> it said that it took 160 men to remove his body from the tracks. So we're actually talking about a, <laughs> uh, an elephant there. Yeah, well, if you read if you read the start of the story, it's actually talking where, where they got the name Jumbo from, and, and, yeah. and it was literally named after an elephant, which is not the most imaginative thing I've ever come across, but I suppose those are the best slogans, aren't they, the ones that stick with us? Number six. Jumbo's arrival in the USA led to a fad for all things Jumbo-sized. <laughs> oh, so that's why everything is uh, maxed. Big, yeah. Yes, indeed. Number five. Jumbo had been the first African elephant to be displayed in Europe alive. <laughs> <laughs> number four. <laughs> number four. In the 1820s, says, on. <laughs> Jumbo had been a slang term for anyone who was big and clumsy. He's a bit not very aviation <laughs> related. Very, these. Yeah. I know. Uh, number three. The use of uh, Jumbo for extra large size came from its being the name of an elephant in the London Zoo, which yeah. was sold to Barnum Circus in 1882. Number two. The first appearance of Jumbo in English. These are not very aviation no, related at all. Where did he find this story? <laughs> <laughs> the, the first appearance of Jumbo in English was in the name of Mumbo Jumbo, given to a West African <laughs> god or bogeyman. Oh, and finally, slightly 
aviation related yes. at long last. The Number one. F- the flight had been scheduled for the previous evening but was delayed by engine overheating. Right, okay. Where did, um, I mean, so did, this is the, the first flight. This, this is the first. <laughs> did you just see the word jumbo and get overexcited? I, I thought, is that yeah. <laughs> I want to know what you were looking at online the night before. So <laughs> It's kind of it kind of makes me laugh. We, the one of the things with news stories yes. when you find them online, yeah. and everyone who listens to the show will probably agree with me here. Mm. Um, I mean, you've got a, a big paper like the Express here, yeah, and uh, online online news, and talking about the first Boeing seven four seven jumbo yes, jet yeah, made yeah. the blah blah blah. And the picture they show here on is, their site yeah. is of an A330, yeah, yeah. an Airbus. In, in Carlos defence, yes. <laughs> it does. If you read the headline, I mean, because right at the very start of it, I shall just read it to you here. It says, the first Boeing 747 jumbo jet made its inaugural flight from uh, Dulles Airport, uh, Washington, to London Heathrow on January the 22nd, 1970. So, and then just underneath that is a lovely picture of, of um, which, uh, what was the aircraft again? Of, a, of an Airbus A330. Oh, that was an A330. So a lovely picture of that with the, you know, the, the, the wingtips and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the <laughs> remainder of the top 10, which is why we got so excited about it, was about actual elephants. We've become yes. uh, an, an animal aviation <laughs> show. Right. Is, that, is that even possible? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I think, I'm not going to lie to you, Carl. I think I need a cup of tea after yes, that. So I do as time well. Time for a break, I think. So we're going to have... <laughs> We're going to have a coffee. Oh, I need to lie down. <laughs> Matt's going to take a sedative, and uh, we're going to come back to you after oh. this. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on. Aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. <laughs> That, that was a bit low. Yeah, up a bit, please. Blimey. <laughs> so then, oh, we're, we're, we're refreshed, aren't we? Yes, yes, I've had my lie down. I'm, oh, God, honestly, Carl has been told that in future, with my role as producer, he's been told <laughs> to, in future, proofread all stories before they're uh, submitted for <laughs> approval. I emailed you those links last night. Yes, yes, all right. I'm just as much to blame. I was, oh, I thanks know. for that. <laughs> right, so we have, uh, we've got a few bits of uh, military aviation news to, uh, to bring you. Yes. So um, if you're quite ready then Matt yes yes let's go (laughs) 
you're enjoying that far I too am, much. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so our first story then, uh, Matt. Yes. Okay. This is. Uh, in fact, I, I will just say. All of our stories, with the exception of one at the end, are actually uh, Flight Global, as per usual. So we're in our military section. And uh, the headline on this one is Boeing upgrades B-52s with internal smart weapons. 61 years since the type's first flight, the US Air Force is upgrading the weapons bays on the Boeing 52, B-52 sorry, to carry satellite-guided conventional munitions. A crew of Boeing and U.S. Air Force technicians installed a prototype of the new weapons bay launcher in a B-52 at Edwards AFB in California. The prototype modifies a rotary launcher intended to carry nuclear weapons to carry conventional weapons, says Boeing. The initial version will allow the B-52 to carry satellite-guided Boeing joint direct attack munitions internally. Future upgrades should give the bomber the ability to carry standoff munitions such as the Lockheed Martin AGM-158 Joint Air-to-Surface Standoff Missile, J-A-S-S-M, and the, the Raytheon. 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 I, I say that every week wrong, <laughs> don't I? And the Raytheon AM, ADM-160 Miniature Air launched decoy Boeing says the B-52 carries such so-called smart weapons on wing mounted pylons now moving the weapons into the internal bays should reduce fuel consumption by 15% Boeing says it also means the B-52 can carry eight more cruise missiles inside the weapons bay I'm amazed this aircraft is still very much in service because I mean they've been been in service for years it first flew in 1952 right and wow. joined in was introduced into service. I mean, uh, I, I presume this is a, a, a you know several versions on. Yeah, there's yeah. A, a B version and right. an H version of yeah. this uh, of the B fifty two. But uh, they joined they 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 started their active service with the USAF in 1955. Right. And as of 2012, um, 85 of these are in active service Gosh. with nine in reserve. Right. Which is, is pretty amazing. Have you um, have you had the chance to see this one at uh, Duxford, the Imperial oh, yes. War Museum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. have. What what do you think? Um, well, it's big. <laughs> that's, that's the best way. Well, you, I mean, I, I am when whenever I see these these aircraft, I'm always just astounded at how, with just the sheer size and the scale of these things. I mean, how on earth these things get off the ground? I do not know. It's amazing if you go if you go to the um, the the hangar at, mm. at Duxford and you get to stand yeah. underneath yeah. Uh, the wing of this aircraft. Yes, I was amazing. hoping to go. My, 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 a couple of my colleagues are actually going this week to to Duxford with a with a school group, and I'm not going to lie, I am hideously, insanely jealous. But uh, no. anyway, I'm sure my time will come again. No, we'll, yeah. we'll have to go there this year. Yeah, 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 we'll have to. Next story, they're moving on, Flight Global again. And the uh, amphibious assault Surion makes maiden flight. The Korean Aerospace Industries KAI has conducted the maiden flight of a Surion transport helicopter, optimised for amphibious assault operations. On the 19th of January, the modified Surion also designed... um, the Korean or designated the Korean utility helicopter flew for 30 minutes with two test pilots and two technicians on board. And uh, the sortie, which took place at KAI's Sashion factory, uh, included ground tests, forward flight, backward flight, and hovering. The type is optimized for the South Korean Marines and features a foldable main rotor 
and on uh, an, an auxiliary fuel tank as well. The helicopter also has emergency floats, which can be deployed in the event of a ditching. Throughout 2015, the amphibious Surion will be tested in a range of environments, including cold weather and aboard ships. In April 2013, KAI told Flight Global that the Marines would acquire about 40 of the variant. The helicopter is likely to serve aboard the Navy's Docto amphibious assault ships, of which one is in service and, and one is being built. KAI said that the development program is worth uh, $800 billion um, with this currency that is there for Korea in the Korean currency, uh, but converted it's seven hundred and thirty-eight million dollars, and will enhance the Marines' ability to transport troops and equipment uh, equipment within uh, the littoral environment. Production of the variant will likely commence after two thousand and fifteen testing campaign. Now, this helicopter, the Surion KUH-1, is a twin-engined transport utility helicopter mm. developed uh, primarily by the Korean uh, airspace industries. Mm. Um, it looks very similar to a Super Puma, Right. Um, looking at the pictures on, on here. Uh, and uh, it uh, first actually flew in 2010, so it's been quite long in the uh, development pro- uh, process. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, well, it's it quite looks... a commitment, though, isn't it? I mean, they're sort of taking mm. on forty of said variant. I mean, it's, I think just uh, going to show though like that it. it's it's not just the, the Americans and the British who can build. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, helicopters like this, yeah. you know, they can be built anywhere around the world yeah, or designed, which is good. Yeah. Next okay. story. Okay, next story. This is Flight Global again, and uh, the headline is the KC Dash Forty Six tanker testing will begin uh, at least a year behind schedule. Operational testing of the Boeing KC-46 aerial refueling tanker is expected to begin at least one year later than planned. The US Defense Department's Director of Operational Testing and Evaluation, the DOTE, uh, in its annual report on ongoing development projects, says the readiness for the scheduled start of the initial operational test and evaluation phase continues to be high risk with the 12-month delay delay expected. In the same report in 2013, initial operational testing was estimated to begin 6 to 12 months later um, than laid out uh, in the tanker's post-milestone B test and evaluation master plan. A March report by the Government Accountability Office put the testing start date at at least nine months late. Boeing is on contract to deliver 18 aircraft to the US Air Force in 2017. The DOTE report also calls into question whether that deadline will be met. Um, but with both, uh, but both Boeing and the Air Force tell Flight Global that 18 aircraft will be available for operational testing by 2017. It is unlikely that Boeing and the Air F- and the Air Force will develop a schedule that delivers 18 different certified receiving aircraft prior to the start of the familiarisation training for the initial test and evaluation phase, the report has said. The DOTE recommends that both Boeing and the Air Force agree on a realistic schedule for aircraft delivery and testing. The programme did reach a major milestone in 2014 with the first flight of the first engineering and manufacturing development aircraft, a 767-2C, that was not outfitted as a tanker, um, but that 
first flight was five months late. Boeing spokeswoman Caroline Hutchinson said the company is working with the Air Force to establish a realistic schedule. Since the DOTE report was drafted months ago, Boeing has corrected the wiring issue and has hastened the delivery of aircraft ahead of initial testing, she has said. We're working with the Air Force to ensure that we have a realistic schedule that shows us to compete uh, to complete the necessary test requirements moving forward, she said. Um, that said... Boeing remains on plan to deliver the initial 18 combat-ready KC-46A tankers in 2017. Any adjustments made to the internal work schedule keep us on track to meet our commitments to the Air Force. The Air Force spokesman Ed Gulick says the services integrated test team made up of both uniformed and Boeing personnel are planning an incremental approach to the IOTE as aircraft become available. So it's... uh, it's a troubled um, build, really. This, isn't this it? aircraft, though, is, is based on the seven six seven. Right. Uh, we've, we've featured this before yeah, on the show. Right. Yeah. Um, the KC forty six, and like I said, it is it is a seven six seven passenger aircraft, yeah. which has been in service for many years now yeah. uh, with Boeing. You know, it's a Boeing aircraft. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it it uh, it takes a long time to develop and 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 you know to do to change yeah. an aircraft which was ma- made. Remember, for passengers, passengers, totally for passengers, and convert it to do something, you know, have a massive role like tanking and and, and stuff like that. You've got to be so careful with with um sort of how you utilise the space inside, haven't you? Because it's got to be it's got to be remain completely balanced, hasn't Mm. it? Otherwise, I mean, otherwise you'll never get the thing off the air, especially if it's fully loaded. On uh, Wikipedia, which is a brilliant source of information on mm. uh, on the internet, it can be a tad unreliable. It can be a tad unreliable, <laughs> but the pictures are good. Yes, yeah. Um, they uh, obviously the 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 bit of information they've got on here yeah. regarding the KC forty six. Funnily enough, they have the picture um, for the aircraft showing obviously the uh, refueling seven six seven the KC forty six. It's refueling a B fifty two. Which oh, we've ironic. just been talking yeah. about. So it's quite ironic, <laughs> nice, that right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're nicely tidy. You're in danger of done some research there, Carl. So <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm getting good at this. Shame about the top ten before. Oh, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. going to let you forget that. You realise that, don't you? I can't believe in an aeroplane-based podcast. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. We're on an aeroplane-based Anyhow, podcast. Anyhow, <laughs> the KC-46 Pegasus, as it's designated, <laughs> uh, um, has a, a price of a, around about the $250 million. Right. Uh, price uh, ticket for that yes, aircraft. And, and you're ordering one when? I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love any aircraft, to be fair. Well, yeah. yeah. So moving on, the last story then, mm-hmm. uh, on the Royal Air Force site, and this one is regarding uh, air traffic control, at RAF wittering. And it's beginning a new phase. Uh, the air traffic control services at uh, Royal Air Force wittering entered a new phase on Monday the 19th of January as the station began a joint civilian and military venture. A civilian team from Babcock International is managing the station's airfield and the visual airspace, whilst a Royal Air Force team runs the radar approach room and the wider radar controlled area. Military and uh, civilian aircraft uh, or air traffic controllers work together in key locations, such as the National Air Traffic uh, Services, NATS, control centre at Shamwick, but arrangements such as this are extremely rare at RAF stations. Both the Civil Aviation Authority, the CAA, and the Military Aviation Authority, the MAA, have been instrumental in forging this agreement, but the ultimate responsibility for the safe operation of the airfield will remain with the Royal Air Force. Wing Commander James Lapsley 
Officer Commanding Operations Wing said this is an innovative. Uh, oh, blimey. Innovative. That's the word. Arrangement. And I know that the Babcock International <laughs> and Royal Air Force teams will work together to de- uh, deliver first class air safety. What do you put in this tea? <laughs> Leading the Babcock International team is Mrs. Sally Belshaw. Sally brings her wealth of experience from RAF Witten, where she has been an air traffic controller for 16 years. Well, I'm sorry, you ran out of milk, so it was whiskey. I'm sorry. Okay. I thought it tasted <laughs> off. Mrs. Belshaw said, it's an amazing time to be at RAF Wittering, and all of us uh, are looking forward to working with the RAF colleagues as the station returns to full-time flying. A local, or fairly local base to us, really, are yeah. wearing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously in the UK. I didn't realise this was a, a fairly common place. I didn't realise the Nats, um, you know, the main control centre that oversees the, you know, UK's airspace. If you like, I didn't realise it was a joint venture. Oh, I guess it. This is a rare, Actually, rare th- thing, though. Rare yeah. Thing, oh, yeah. is it? Yeah, this doesn't happen all that often because no. they t- kind of try to keep the military stuff yes. separate from the. Yeah, the but um, stuff. there must come a point where the two have to overlap. Yes. Um, you know, because you're bringing aircraft into, you know, sort of controlled airspace where there are aeroplanes. I mean, the two departments have to talk to each other. Well, we get it all the time. Yeah. Right well, here, and it, we? make, it makes um, sense that the two departments, you know, work closely work together, together run it, running running one. Let's, let, let's uh, hope it's, uh, you know, a sort of successful venture. So that uh, brings the military aviation news side of the show mm-hmm. to a close. Yes. And uh, we have got uh, a little bit of uh, air show news Um, to bring you and we're going to bring you that after this so the new GE Aviation GE9X engines they're building for the new 777X have a 10% Carl what on earth are you on about it's like a different language here at the Plain Talking UK studios we like to do things a little differently if you've got a keen interest in aviation, join us each week where we'll give you an in-depth rundown of all the weekly news from around the world with a focus on what matters to us here in the UK. With regular interviews from people living and working in the industry, we'll take you behind the scenes of some of the biggest air shows, airports and airlines from across the globe. To find our podcast, take yourself to www.plaintalkinguk.com. Look for us on iTunes, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. The Plain Talking UK podcast, the show where we talk plain English made by a passenger for anyone. Oh, do you like that? That's quite good. Where on earth did that come from? Where did that come from? (laughs) Very, very good. No, I recognise both of the people involved in that. (laughs) So we have got some news then uh, on one of the big air shows from 2004, uh, 15, sorry, Mm -hmm. 15. Um, this one is the Royal International Air Tattoo. Yes, now I'm for, now you, you, we, we've booked tickets and everything. This yes, I'm looking very much. This at- week I booked uh, mine and Matt's tickets for the air show. Cannot um, wait! So excited. Um, and on that note, yes. as well, if yes. you wish to pay less for your tickets, yes. you must do it before the end of this month. Ah. Or the tickets will go up ten pounds each. <gasps> oh, I see. Yeah, yes, yeah. Great. So yes. get your tickets for Riyadh before so the end of this month. You have six days and counting, ladies you and do. gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, not long to get your tickets for uh, Riyadh. Uh, you can do them via their website, www.airtattoo.com. If you go to uh, the Royal International Air Tattoo actually, site, you can book your tickets there. Yeah, and on, on the homepage, actually, um, it, there's a big button that says Buy Air Tattoo t- Tickets. Yes. So it's nice and easy to find. So get your tickets there. Uh, Soon, as we said, and I'll tell uh, you what, because as I say, we're both going, we're definitely going yeah. to be there. If you see us, we'll be wearing t shirts. Yes, say, we will. Hey, you must come and say hello. Yes. It's nice to meet some of the people who are listening to this drivel it- every week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah. Yes, don't forget, if you are going to react this year and you see me and Matt, we'll, yes. we'll probably have microphones in hand and, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. and stuff. You'll, so you'll best get radio voices on, please, Yes, children. you'll be able to spot us. Um, yes. So do come and say hello. Yeah. But no, we have booked our we booked accommodation yeah. and um, we've obviously booked our tickets for the show. So Can't we've got wait. that to look forward to. Can't wait. The confirmed aircraft list uh, changes uh, every so often, every few yeah. days. It, it's changed since I looked yesterday. Um, we confirmed so far. Um, we have the Vulcan XH five five eight. That'll be on static display and um, on air show display as well on, on yeah. in the air. We were covering. Uh, I don't think it was last time. Was it, it was the time before? We were saying because less and less of these Vulcans are actually flying. Well, there's only one. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one. X five XH five five eight is the, yeah. is the only one. So yeah. um, definitely make that uh, mm. a reason to go to React to see yeah. uh, definitely see the Vulcan because yeah. uh, it's not going to be around for mm. uh, for forever. Yeah. So one of the other confirmed uh, parties yeah. are uh, we've got uh, the Qatar, uh, Qatar squadron uh, and they've currently confirmed so far on display the C dash one three zero J dash thirty Hercules um, from part of their transport squadron. That's been confirmed. That's on as static well. so display. Static one. display yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, not in the air, and uh, uh, Switzerland. Um, we've got uh, the uh, the Swiss Air Force are, are so far have confirmed uh, two types. Uh, they're taking the Super Puma helicopter. Um, not sure which squadron yet, um, but also um, this one, which I'm going to have to ask Carlos to 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 look up. Because <laughs> I must admit, I don't know this one. That is, it looks like platypus, but I'm sure it's not. It's the Pilatus. Is it Pilatus? It's it's the Pilatus. Pilatus, Pilatus yes. NCPC. Dash seven, and it is the PC Dash Seven team. Now uh, they're actually doing a display, so it'd be interesting to see what what so the, what, what are these? The Pilatus PC Seven yep. is is kind of a training aircraft. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's a low wing tandem seat training aircraft. Cool. Um, yeah. It's made in Switzerland, right? And uh, they use it for kind of um, aerobatics and uh, training cool. and instrument uh, training and wow, stuff. Should be a good display. Then. Um, so yeah, that'd be good because yeah. they they throw that around like yeah. um, like it's. Uh, it's crazy, yeah. crazy flying. So yes, bearing in mind it is now three minutes past eleven that we're recording this, and according to their countdown, it's one hundred and seventy-three days, twenty hours, to, and twenty-six minutes until the Riyadh air show goes live. Wow! I know. I, I really cannot wait. Um, I mean, I went to um, I, I went to Waddington, which was my first air show for a very, very long time uh, last year, and I very much enjoyed it. So, really cannot wait to go and see the pinnacle, frankly, of of you know. Air shows. Air shows. Your luck is just so much to see. Yeah, but we're there for two days, so excellent, excellent. Excellent. Cameras at the ready. Yes, splendid. So you've got a bit of time to uh, Mm. to get yourselves ready for that. But don't forget, get those tickets brought before the end of January, uh, or the price will go up just slightly. Well, you're Um, you're looking at a ten pound per ticket saving. Per ticket, so so if you are seriously considering doing it, you know you need to do it in the next sort of five or six days, really. Definitely. Yeah. So we have got uh, we've got a segment from Pip. Yep. Um, he's uh, actually he's actually sending that across this evening. Yep. Um, so we've we no idea what's this. in it yet. <laughs> so we we're not sure what's going to be in the segment. Yep. Um, but what we'll do is we'll just edit that in. Yep. Uh, at the end of this okay. show. Uh, yep. So we have got a segment from Pip coming up. Yeah. And th- and that segment is coming up right now. Right now. Hi there, everyone. Pilot Pip here with another safety from the flight deck segment. Now, I was listening to last week's episode of Plane Talking UK, and Matt was talking about his adventures in Lanzarote, and he said that he thought that the landing 
when they arrived was the best landing he'd ever experienced on account of it being so smooth he said he hardly felt that the aircraft had touched the ground. Well, that's all very nice. But does a smooth landing necessarily equate to a good landing? Well, no, I would argue that it, it doesn't. Now, the point of a landing as a pilot is not to touch down smoothly. If you can do it, then great, and you certainly don't want to have a hard landing that crushes everyone's vertebra. That wouldn't be so good. But the idea is not necessarily to make a greaser, as we call it, a nice smooth touchdown. The point of a landing is to put the aeroplane at the right speed and at the right height and touch down on the right bit of the runway. Because runways are, of course, of limited length, they're not all 20 miles long, they're typically... 2,000 meters or maybe two and a half thousand meters and when you have a, a an airplane perhaps a 200 ton airplane traveling at 150 miles an hour it takes a lot of energy to stop and it can potentially use up a lot of runway to do it so it's important that you can safely stop the airplane within the runway length available but not only that we have to as a legal requirement we have to ensure that we can land on a runway and stop within 60% of its distance. So for instance, if you had a 1000 foot runway, which actually is a very short runway that would be too short to use for most aircraft. But just for example sake, if you had a 1000 uh, meter runway, then you would need to be able to ensure that you can approach and land and stop on that runway within 600 meters, 60%. Or if you're a turboprop aircraft, 70%. And that's a legal requirement. We have to make sure at the pre-flight, at the planning stage, that that's something we can do. And there are all kinds of things that affect the landing distance. The weight of the aircraft, the speed of the aircraft, um, winds, a tailwind will increase your landing distance, the temperature, uh, system unserviceability, so thrust reversers, ground spoilers, there's all sorts of things. Now the two major things that I mentioned there are speed and height and those are the two th primary factors we're really looking at when we're making a landing. You have to ensure that you cross the runway at the right height and at the right speed. And the speed that we use is something called VREF. Now that's a bit of a technical term but it's, it's basically a speed that is based on the stall speed of the aircraft plus a safety margin, typically around 30%. So we have to cross the runway threshold at this VREF speed and we have to cross it at the right height, typically approximately 50 feet above the runway threshold. Now the consequences of not doing that if you cross the runway too high or too fast is that it's going to dramatically increase the distance you need to stop the aircraft. So for example, I'll give you some figures here. Crossing the runway 10% too fast will increase your runway landing roll by up to 10%. If you cross the runway too high, for every 10 feet too high will increase the landing roll by 200 feet. So you can see if you cross the threshold at 100 feet instead of 50 feet where you should be, then it's going to increase the landing roll by 1,000 feet. So you can very quickly start to eat up lots of runway. Then if you start adding in tailwinds, well a tailwind, a 5 knot tailwind, is going to increase your landing distance by 10%. And that's quite a lot. And all these effects are cumulative. So if you cross the runway too fast, too high with a tailwind, you're going to very quickly run out of runway. And that's a dangerous thing. We have to ensure that we can stop adequately on the runway. 
And there are many other factors involved as well. Runway elevation, temperature, all sorts of things. So that's the key thing, putting the aircraft in the right spot at the right speed. If you can do all that and touch it down gently on the runway, well, all the better. But as a pilot, that's a secondary concern. I'm not going to be too worried if the landing is not the smoothest one I've ever made. Like I say, I don't want to thump it onto the runway and all the bags fall out of the overhead bins and people have broken backs. That would be a nightmare for paperwork. But it's not something I'm particularly aiming to do. And to be honest, if that was the the goal, to make a nice smooth landing, well, to be honest, anyone can do that. You just approach the runway a bit fast and then you can just hold the aircraft off just above the surface and let it float down the runway as the speed gradually bleeds off and you'll nice and gently just kiss it onto the runway. But you run the risk of eating up all the runway and you can very easily find yourself not able to stop and we all know there have been plenty of accidents over the years of aircraft going off the end of the runway and that's at the very least a bit embarrassing at the worst you can well kill everyone on board so there we go smooth landings don't necessarily equate to good landings anyway that's all from me for this week hopefully speak to you all again on the next show uh, if, by the way, you're interested in this uh, sort of stuff, I covered it in depth on episode number three of Plane Safety Podcast, which is, of course, still available on iTunes, so check it out if you like. Otherwise, that's it from me, and it's back to Carlos and Matt. I could just imagine the smoke coming from those engines there on that I didn't aircraft. realise we were underneath Heathrow's flight path or something. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It's a really old one, that really old There's no need base. to be like that. I'm yeah. only 38. Oh, How well, rude. I'm older than you. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, thanks for that, Pip. Yes. Yeah, as always. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does lead, he leads such a huge, busy lifestyle. I know. Where, uh, where, where, where was that recorded from? Did you say it was Munich or somewhere like Munich. that? Munich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually <sighs> had an email from uh, And the Pip. last one was from Moscow or something silly like that well well last night pip was in madrid as you do. and and yes. today he, he's in uh, in munich <laughs> oh fantastic you we, know. we need to meet this guy we need I to know. meet this guy if only to just sort of seethe in complete jealousy pip honestly honestly <laughs> of course good man anyway, so thanks for sending in the yes segment. thank you Great, for that appreciate it for that it's good listening as always now we've got some shout outs yes yeah a couple of mentions um we'd like to to make uh, one this is actually from instagram um, and uh, DH Aviation Photography, and uh, you've been looking at these pictures, haven't you? Yeah, um, I mean, I've I've been following um, DH Aviation Photography for a, uh, for some time now on mm. uh, on Instagram. Yeah. If you, if any of you guys got Instagram, yeah. uh, D- what's, what's his actual handle? It's uh, DH. These are all lowercase. Yeah. DH and then underscore yeah. Aviation underscore yeah. photography. photography. Cool. Um, if you follow him on Instagram, he yeah. he just does some absolutely awesome pictures i mean oh, wow. uh, yeah, how i mean he must use so that picture you've just show, sorry he's, uh, just showing just showing, showing some pictures, pictures, some pictures. Stuff. wow um they look wow. almost they like look almost, um, i mean they, they've been photoshopped a little bit i think but um ju- judging by the with the filters wow. and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but the, the they almost look surreal don't i they? know yeah 
yeah, I've been uh, following him for a while now on yeah. Instagram, and he he puts regular pictures up on there, which he takes, and yeah. um, they are honestly the pictures are fantastic. They're so sharp, um, that's what I can't. Yeah, so clear. they are yeah. very very sharp pictures. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you get if you're on Instagram, um. Just, just you know, like or follow him on on Instagram, yeah. and uh, definitely the the photographs he takes are just stunning. You know, they he are. must they're, they're he really must have are. one of those rather uh, expensive lenses, yes, I think, yes, on his camera. Yes. So, uh, so yes, were... hello to you uh, yeah. then, DH Aviation Photography. And finally, before we bring the show to a close, uh, a quick mention to Plane Crazy Down Under. Actually, <laughs> now they uh, you heard earlier in the show we've we've done a, we've recorded a uh, um, a promo. Yeah. Um, um, which they very kindly now carried, uh, hopefully carrying um, uh, over in Australia when they do it. Is it Australia? I'm not. I'm it, not. Is yeah, Australia. it is Australia. It's, it's Australian. Right. Australian yeah. Panicking because I get like uh, they'll kill me for saying this, but I get so confused between the Australian and the New Zealand accent. I, I'm going to get my nose broken for that. Aren't I? Just as well. <laughs> Grant, that, Grant but, will be after you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, now I'm a normal under normal circumstances because I do listen to their podcast and normally. I get to uh, listen to this when I'm in my coach because my coach has got Wi-Fi and everything on it. So when I'm running around empty, I tend to play it out, you know, uh, on the on the uh, on on the radio. And unfortunately, my vehicle is actually in for maintenance at the moment, and yeah. I haven't been able to do it. So when I got here, Carlos played me um, a, a segment from the show where where they were their last show of 2014, 2014, yeah. and um, a one particular section sort of made both of us grin from ear to ear. So <laughs> thank you very very much, uh, Stephen Grant, and if you. Uh, um, recommend that uh, you, you give them a listen as well if you really are sort of plain nuts and uh, make sure you take yourself to uh, www.plaincrazydownunder all as one word dot com I mean it really is a good listen it, it is excellent good I know yeah. I love their show yeah I mean they they did uh, they they were producing quite a lot of shows quite regularly yeah. and um, due to work commitments yeah. they're now sort of you know they're finding it hard to, to, yeah. to produce yeah, yeah. Um, a show as often but when they yeah. do produce a show oh, yeah, they yeah, are yeah, fan- yeah. The, the interviews that those guys get yeah. over there yeah, yeah, um, yeah. are just excellent especially the ones with Matt Hall who does right. obviously the Red Bull uh, yeah, yeah, airway yeah. stuff yeah, and, uh, cool. I love listening yeah. to those absolutely fantastic yeah. uh, interviews those guys get uh, across the pond there yeah, in, in Australia so thanks uh, thanks again guys yeah, for uh, for that and uh, yeah well there that's we are. about it for episode that is, 46 that 46 has officially come to a close yes now now we're doing one more next week aren't we which will be episode yes. number 47 47 will be next uh, next weekend and then, yeah. and then we're carrying out an experiment now you recall obviously last time yeah. that um, I was in Lanzarote you were uh, and now <laughs> yes I was in Lanzarote now we're going to have a we're going to have a go because the roles are going to be reversed this time around <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to be driving the desk which means absolutely anything could happen yes. in two shows time so I recommend you listen to that for no other reason than because it could well be catastrophically hilarious. Uh, 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 but <laughs> but anyway, so Carlos is going to leave me in charge of the the bells and whistles and the faders and the buttons um, while he's... Um, I'll, where, be where La- you? I'll be in Lanzarote. You'll be in Lanzarote as well. Oh, two shows yes, from Lanzarote. I know. Oh, we are, but, uh, <laughs> yes, so but he's taking away a little bit of... Um, uh, clever technology that uh, we've we've organised yeah. um, for him. So hopefully it'll be a, a slightly better feed than the one that we, I gave. We'll him. have uh, we'll have a huge uh, download uh, following from Lanzarote yeah, soon. Let's I think. Hope so, yeah, that'd yeah, be good. Sponsor, yeah. Well, they feel free to sponsor by Lanzarote. <laughs> I just hope the Wi-Fi connection holds up in the hotel we're staying at. Well, that's all right. We'll um, probably we'll probably cheat a little bit, and you can do some pre-records and stuff to be sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, just to just so to that'll be sure. a, ironically, it was all right. Actually, it, I was pleasantly surprised with the exception. I should just stress because the only thing that I had available to me were my tablet and my mobile phone for reasons that I won't go into that involved uh, lost items but because uh, uh, I was a bit worried I was never going to see my laptop again if I'm brutally honest but uh, yeah. there we are all part of the fun 
Um, and uh, yeah, so it was all done using my mobile phone at the other end. So it was, well, it was a little tinnier than it than a I was. A little tinny, but you, you know, yeah. it was still audible. Yes, it you know, was. We could still yeah, understand but, what you were saying. But, but. Uh, as I say, progress has been made on on that yeah. front for hopefully uh, a couple of a couple of shows time. So we're probably going to record again this time next week, next week, next Saturday, yeah, next Saturday and then yeah. you fly away on first a Sunday. Thing Sunday. Well, Saturday night into Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. morning, next Sunday morning yeah. early, early yeah. we'll we'll be flying with Thompson Ooh. on uh, on a seven three seven eight hundred. Oh dear, haven't been on one of those for ten minutes. Ten minutes, right? Okay. Oh dear, do they, do they? and, and uh, one o'clock is rapidly approaching, and it's you're, you're you've got another lesson today. Yes, still. yes, at one yeah. o'clock I do have a lesson. Yeah, yeah. so uh, cool. we're going to wrap up the show then. Yep. So then from uh, me, Carlos, in the Plain Talking UK kitchen studio, I'm going to say a very clear, crisp and sunny Mm, goodbye to all the listeners. And thanks for listening. Yes, absolutely. And from Matt Smith here in the kitchen studio, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.